Hello and welcome to The Overview Effect with James Perrin, the podcast all about seeing the bigger picture or seeing the world in a bit of a different way. This podcast is recorded on Bunjilung land and I would like to pay my respects to the traditional custodians of this land and all First Nations people in Australia and around the world. Now, my intention with these conversations is to bring you a unique perspective, to hear from someone who maybe sees the world a bit differently and I can guarantee you my guest today fits that bill perfectly. He sees the world through the beautiful and complex web of the fungi kingdom. Fungi, nature's recyclers, the decomposers of our world, the nutrient cyclers, they turn waste into new life and not only that they have so many uses in food and medicine and environmental and so many practical uses in our world. But despite their abundance, they're still quite cryptic to us. We think we've described maybe like 5% of fungi, and it's quite possible there are many more we don't know about. It really is a different world down there. So enter my guest today. He co-founded what started as a mushroom farming company and has quickly grown into a cutting-edge mushroom biotechnology company called Lifecycle. On top of being well and truly in this magical mushroom kingdom, he's also a future-focused entrepreneur who really sees business as a means of improving our world. So in this conversation, we talk the Lifecycle origin story, how he went from being a, a sports physio in the English Premier League to growing mushrooms out of coffee waste to transforming his business to this high-tech biotechnology company. We talk about the role that business can play in improving our world. And of course, we talk all things fungi, including its uses, its environmental uses, like repurposing waste products, cleaning up oil spills, environmental packaging, breaking down textile wastes, enhancing soil health, all the medicinal elements, so things like stimulating nerve growth, increasing our body's oxygen uptake, the mental health benefits, the psychoactive properties, the antibiotic uses. It's, it's so staggering how far-reaching the mushroom kingdom or the fungi kingdom can go. And he really paints this picture of mushrooms being our teacher, you know, and, and the parallels that we can draw between these interactions that are always happening underground through mycelium and the circular role that fungi plays and how we can view that and ask ourselves, how should we be living and interacting with nature above ground? I really think you're going to love going down the mushroom spiral on this one. So please enjoy this conversation with co-founder and CEO of Lifecycle, Julian Mitchell. Dark chocolate as usual routine. Nice. All right, should we do it? Let's go. Julian, welcome to the show. James, thanks for uh, having me on and being prepared to chat mushrooms. Always, always, <laughs> man. Thanks for inviting me into your place here. It's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, it's um, just in Newingsdale and it's just close to Byron, but also separated as well. And most importantly, lots of trees and birds around. Yeah. Do you know one thing that's awesome about um, 
having a podcast I'm learning is that it gives you this extra socially acceptable way to invite yourself into someone's life. <laughs> like you and I have crossed paths a few times and we've um, mostly at events, like we've shared, shared the stage actually. There was the, um, the seeping summit to see. Yeah. There was the, uh, the earthbound where yeah. you interviewed me that yeah. time on stage. <laughs> so the tables are turned here. And there was the um, there was the close the loop screening at the Southern one, Cross University, it was right? Southern Cross, exactly. Yeah, we've done and it. then and then we've talking. kind of crossed paths, um, like I've showed you and your team around the brewery too. But this take that next step. The podcast gives me the opportunity to just invite myself in, sit down with you one on one, have a personal chat. So it's it's really cool. Which is what it's all about at yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, good open conversation. Totally. So the the theme of the show is it's called the overview effect. And it's really inspired by this term overview effect, which is a, like a, comes out of what astronauts experience. So they shoot up into space and they, they see Earth for the first time. They look back on Earth and they see it from that long distance and they have this profound feeling. You know, I read something recently, one astronaut described it and said, he's up on the International Space Station with a bunch of other astronauts from different countries and said, on the first couple of days we pointed out our countries, you know, on the second couple of days we pointed out our continents, but by the fifth day we were just seeing one earth, yeah. you know, and it changes the way that they view and interact with the world. Mm, and I like nice. to start there. It's a beautiful concept. And I like to start there and ask you, have you had any uh, experiences in your life, either singular moments or periods of time that have really shaped your philosophies and the way you view the world and, mm. and how you interact with it? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I guess, as you go on that, that personal journey you start to you know down the path you start to realize that it is you know without being cliche it is all connected and it is all one and especially mushrooms i guess from a philosophical journey point of view working with mushrooms understanding how they operate in nature with the mycelium which is the roots of the mushrooms which connect all living organisms in the forest in the in the um you know underworld of I guess soil um has taught us that as well and that need for community as a strategy of resilience and collaboration for a strategy of resilience what i mean by resilience in terms of how to flourish and how to work with others both from a you know a point of view of nature but also um for us humans above ground how do we work more collaboratively how do we you know i guess m remove ourselves from that small little divisive zone that happens whether yes. we're vegan non-vegan we're whether we're this or whether we're that like that's all very divisive and separative and you know i think we should you know if we can be more respectful of everyone's opinions but zoom out on that and say hey we're all humans we're all one trillion cells in a flesh sack that are going to pass away and die soon enough um if we can get to that overview effect then we can achieve more and move together more harmoniously and achieve a lot more so mm. um that's sort of my general philosophy and that's definitely um came from mushrooms and coming from my previous work environment which, which was elite sport we're in that environment when i was in the english premier league and saw players um you know big players come into our team from arsenal and different clubs and very egoic uh independent mindsets and so you know i was able to see it from behind the scenes from a medical point of view um how the team didn't Really function that harmoniously at different times when it was about one single player or one single person and so i think yeah we just need to instill that collaborative mentality into business into our social lives as much as we can and mm. there's so many benefits from that physically mentally spiritually yeah 
I can. Uh, <laughs> you've got exactly into the space that I, I I thought you would, which is amazing. Which is your you, you've explained to me how you're seeing the world through. I mean, you even use the term "us humans above ground." You know, yeah. like <laughs> like you're actually seeing the world through your work with mushrooms. How everything is interconnected, and how everything is fleeting, and how we're all here for a moment in time, and we'll play a role in the biggest scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good yeah. to be serious at times, but at the end of the day, it's also just good to play yes. and realize that uh, you know our own mortality, <laughs> um, and so we're actually not that special as individuals. And but at the same time, we can all have a profound effect on other people's lives in a positive way. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. You touched on your your background there, so let's just um, let's just close that that mm. loop of the story. So before you started Life Cycle. You were a sports physio, right? Yeah, yeah. And from what I understand, you, you finished your studies and pretty much jumped straight to the English Premier League. Yeah, right? I was very lucky. I guess I you know, worked hard in, in uni and fell into some roles. Where I was able to work with the state teams and work under great um, clinicians in sports medicine and then went and did some work experience um, in the UK and then was lucky enough to get called back. Mm. Um, when I graduated um, for a job. So I finished my last exams and headed straight over yeah. to work in the Premier League, which at that point we were on top of the table. So it was, yeah, for a young Australian kid who loves sport, you totally. know, it's all, all dreams and coming true. Yeah, <laughs> was that that was that the dream? Like when you went into your studies, was that one of your dreams? The dream was, oh, I couldn't play. or I didn't get that, you know, I was playing Aussie rules and cricket, but didn't get to that level, I guess, that I'd wished uh, at that age that I did. Um, so I went, well, what's the next best thing? Um, having a competitive mindset and loving health. So sports medicine, um, being head of medical for a, a Premier League team or an NBA team or Formula One was sort of where I was heading. Mm. Um, but then sort of as I got into that, I sort of thought uh, I wanted to branch out more into entrepreneurship and more into something that's sustainability-based mm. for the planet, for the environment. Yes. And so that sort of led me down the path of, you know, what is the future of where we're heading in terms of that overview effect? Where is this ship uh, with all these billion humans heading mm. and how do we direct that towards a positive way that's harmonious with the planet because right now it doesn't look like that. That was sort of where Ryan and I's mindset was. Yes. Uh, my co-founder, um, when we started Life Cycle, and so we're looking at different industries and how to you know, play a role in, in one of these and I guess at that time fungi and mushrooms was five years ago, you know, very unknown in the sense of there were people doing things in pieces around the world great people like paul stamets and scientists yep no one in australia really doing too much with it and so we sort of came from the philosophy of well people want things that are growing locally uh, people want transparency in their supply chain they want sustainability how do we work with nature not against it by mm. providing all of those options yep and so your your motivation was I mean, not just to do something entrepreneurial, but you were having that higher purpose and, and, and you were noticing the mushroom trend, but then there was also the waste side of things too, right? Because when you first started your business, it was um, repurposing coffee waste to grow mushrooms. Yeah, which correct? we still do, um, but it was definitely our lead story at the start, which got us a lot of traction just because it was a fascinating story to a lot of people. So incorporating that circular economy into things, which sort of hence the name life cycle yes. um, and understanding that whole you know, from start to finish and where do things go afterwards as well. So within, you know, Fremantle where we were based in WA, which is a beautiful port city, 
um, outside of Perth by 40 minutes and it's uh, a coffee hub as well There's a lot of coffee shops there and so mm. this was a local waste stream that people don't really see as a waste stream in the sense that it goes to landfill but mm. it doesn't need to go to landfill it's a nitrogen rich source has a lot of amazing compounds in it and so out of that coffee that we're drinking i'm drinking one right now one percent of that bean ends up in the cup 99 percent ends up going to landfill into an anaerobic environment which creates greenhouse gas emissions mm. but can it be easily prevented and so we we've been using that we collect now between you know one and a half to two tons a week still and we've been doing that wow. for five years um which goes you know into our mushroom products into the growing ingredient in our mushroom products so and returning that you know to a product whether it's fresh mushrooms or our liquid extracts yeah um so it's sort of encompassing um what's seen as waste and using that as a fuel source yes so that was your basis for starting the company back then and even the basis by the sounds of it for the name was that circular circular cycle um which draws the parallel to what the role that mushrooms and fungi play naturally in our exactly. world. Exactly, right? they're, they're, they're the natural cleanup recyclers. Yes. Exactly, the natural recyclers of you know, fallen down logs wouldn't biodegrade or wouldn't decompose into soil without the use of fungi to break down the, chi- the chitin, C-H-I-T-I-N, so it's the very hard woody part of the tree. Um, but fungi are specialists at breaking this down and then creating soil from that tree so then another tree can be reborn. Mm. At that time, when you were starting up, were you were you noticing more and more issues with waste management? Was that kind of on your radar as well? Were you kind of going, look, our take-make-waste trajectory of our economy yeah. is, is, is is there's something wrong here and we need to change it absolutely and we, we spent a lot of time i guess um chatting to you know the Fremantle council around because it's a port city so there's a lot of runoff and oil within the port within the uh you know the marina area um you know there's so many areas of of waste from from oil spills to plastics to polystyrene mm-hmm. within these supply chains so we early on we really went quite wide in our business plan approach but i mean by that is we ran trials with australia post um where oh, yeah. we were doing you know because they have you know over twenty thousand plus workers each year that need new uniforms so what happened to those old uniforms and so even within fast fashion industries h&m the iconic these kind of brands also they've got a lot of you know unused material that goes to landfill Mm. it's already had so much energy put into it to create that but then it goes to landfill becomes you know hazardous substance becomes detrimental to the environment so we did a number of trials with a range of these companies to break down their waste their textile waste um, using mycelium because mycelium the roots of fungi are very intelligent and very adaptive to what they can consume as an energy source so meaning the mycelium the roots can consume the textile waste breaking it down wow Wow. Yeah, so we were doing that. We also did some experiments and trials with IKEA where we were breaking down or using mycelium blocks um, as you know, packaging units. Yeah, wow. Um, so we would, instead of to replace polystyrene. So yes. there were all these areas we were working in, I guess, um, and we're still passionate about. But right now we've sort of led towards the coffee ground piece, you know, recycling coffee waste and a number of other areas in the business such as replacing uh, antibiotics mm. in animals and using natural extracts um, as a preventative health measure so 
in general, mushrooms can be can almost touch every industry in some way, and you will see that happen over the next ten years. I've just got out on the kitchen bench there a sample from a great company who have been doing these mycelium packaging. Mm. Um, so this mycelium packaging, instead of opening a box and getting polystyrene, yes, you're getting mycelium packaging, and then with that mycelium packaging, you're throwing it into the garden and it's breaking down. So it's closing the loop Amazing. in a real way. Yeah. And so all of these technologies are available. And so mushroom biotechnology, which is you know a very uncommon topic and conversation, and people say, well, what does your business do? We're a biotechnology company. Um, this is really the future for the next 10 years in terms of how we start to move towards a sustainable future and harness uh, nature's strength and work with it. Mm. What, other, what other opportunities do you see for mushroom? Like you've talked about... Um they could be a packaging source they could be a potentially help manage textile waste if you think future focus mm. because it sounds like when you started the business you were looking forward to forward yep. trends in the kind of environmental sustainability closed loop space what other opportunities yep. do you see that mushrooms could play oil spills is a big one from an emergency point of view and even you know even in spaces where there's been old uh, fuel stations or if there's been leaks and things that can break down the hydrocarbons so that's another great space um, I think in terms of just our own immune systems and keeping healthy, yes. um, going deeper into that um, will allow, you know, at the moment where we're in a, a COVID environment, immunity is a huge topic right now. So how do we improve that naturally through gingers and lemons and you know a number of other herbals as well as fungi as well, incorporating that into our diet to just to elevate our own immune system, which is the core and the base of waking up each day feeling good yeah. and functioning. And so that's you know, human health, animal health, um, replantation of trees and reforestation mm. and to speed this process up in terms of fungi, you know, when implanted within the soil and impregnated in the soil will then allow the environment to grow faster because there's a network there. So, for example, we've got the internet. We can communicate faster instead of sending a letter or a, te- or a text is, you know, internet-based in a way and, and Wi-Fi-based, but in terms of the internet allowing for fast communication above ground with humans, that's yes. what mycelium is doing underground for wow. the environment. So it's allowing nutrients to be passed, in upgrading the intelligence of, of nature, and so that allows things to move faster. So that's wow. another area for reforestation. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it blows your mind when you start to see the world through that lens how how prolific and far-reaching it can go it is understood to be one of the first you know organisms on this planet one of the oldest living uh, organisms being fungi and having you know fossil records of fungi that are the size of trees wow <laughs> wow have... and and the the world's largest organisms right like aren't mm. there isn't there a network is it yeah. the american northwest or you know up there around oregon and yeah. um in washington state there there's yeah one uh, mycelium network that spreads you know 70 football fields from one wow. side to the other of the forest if you dna sequence it and analyze it, it's the same dna so it's the same organism wow and I, correct me, I'm, I hope I don't butcher this story, but I, I read somewhere where um, on one side of, I don't know if it was this exact organism or another big, you know, mycelium organism across fields, they essentially on one side, one fruiting body on one mm. side of the organism, they sprayed or applied, you know, some sort of fertilizer to the land. Yeah. And then they noticed the fruiting body on or the mycelium on the other side, fields away, yeah. started to make changes to adapt to what was happening on the other side 
Yeah, exactly, that, exactly. That can so that's, that, that's that intelligence, that communication network, that collaboration, because then it feeds into other trees as well because it becomes a symbiotic relationship, and that's what we need to think about. Do we have a symbiotic relationship with you know mother earth or planet earth right now are we just taking 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 mm. which we are we're you know taking from the oceans taking from the land taking pulling down trees um yeah. we're not giving back and so we are in a way the virus of our host our host being the planet and so that's going to be detrimental for us if we don't change that mindset really quickly i think i think you're right i think it's the mindset it comes from us seeing ourselves as separate mm. from the nature site like nature can be conquered you know yeah. like we are distinct from it yeah and when you start to view the world and go actually we play a, a harmonious role in it just like fungi do then it, that that starts to change your actions exactly and it's yeah. like what any, any good relationship you have with a friend or a loved one it's because you're giving to them and it's a circular mm. relationship and energy is flowing in a circular way and yeah. things work really nicely and it's like that i guess if we each individually ask ourselves what are, what are we doing for the planet um, or what can we do more of? And it's not about doing something profound. It's like those small things that allow for that network effect and for mm. that you know exponential growth. But that baseline mindset is, is the key. But it can be hard today when everyone's stressed and distracted by other things and just trying to you know keep their head above water in the sense of this COVID environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But making time for that, I think, just uh, is the best thing we can do for our own mental health. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you use the word distracted there, which is a really good way to explain it as well. We are so distracted with everything. I mean, it's day after election day as we record this in, in America. And it's, it's everything going on, the clickbait and the, mm. the sound bites and the news cycle, and we're just pummeled with information constantly, and we're yeah. constantly getting distracted. So this is why I love and, I, and why I think people that kind of, are passionate about mushrooms and maybe on a face value that seems like this um, kind of quirky thing to be passionate about. Mm. But when you start to really understand the parallels between how mushrooms work and operate in the world and the parallels between us as humans and the human organisms, you know, then, then that's where yeah. I think people's knowledge really starts to deepen. Um, and, and so I guess you've to come back to your business and, and where you guys are at you. So you started out growing, uh, collecting coffee grinds, growing mushrooms, uh, more from, I guess, more from a culinary, culinary exactly, sense. Yeah, feeding restaurants, you know, yep. growing up to 500 kilos a week, yep. um, which is a lot of mushrooms when mushrooms are so light. <laughs> Harvesting them ourselves, picking them ourselves, dropping them to restaurants. Wow. Um, you know, doing all of that all the time, a full mushroom farmer seven days a week. Yes. So um, being a, a, a waste collector and mushroom farmer Yeah. to now fast forward and you're really... A, as you said a biotechnology company um doing some cutting edge stuff with um with the, the the medicinal properties of mushrooms tell me how you how you made that leap and that transition to get yeah. to where you are now it was sort of i guess navigating the business landscape as a young entrepreneur knowing very little about the, you know <laughs> business landscape but learning on the run and really seeing i guess with that farming space that we need to go to localization we don't need to have one huge big mushroom farm that feeds all of Australia and is shipped around the place. Yes. And yes. so, you know, that's where we started. I guess once we got a lot of PR and we had this container model where we grew out of containers, we're like, okay, we can do that in multiple locations around Australia and localize mushroom production from a gourmet point of view. Mm. And so then we started creating farms in other locations. Um, and then from there, as we just continued with the research and getting some sort of organic PR, 
um we had a scientist reach out to us from france wanting to work with us and so he came over and is still part of the team today and tomo and he's our chief scientist but he's a biotechnology engineer mm-hmm. and so that's when i guess we started to put our heads together and we're like you know we're experts in growing the mushrooms and cultivating very high quality mushrooms at our core and then how do we i guess extract the benefits of those mushrooms to make a more scalable model moving out of you know fresh food produce which all roads i guess from an entrepreneur point of view get go to woolies and coals and Mm. and then you know i've seen farming as a as a child and how that plays out and it's sort of like how do we you know navigate that landscape and produce something that's more scalable that can be a global product and a global brand Mm. and keep its roots in you know i guess we're farmers um we're extracted we're extracting it and then we're also scientists so right now we've gone from you know couple of guys in a farm to now having a, an amazing team of scientists from biotech engineer and nanotechnologist to microbiologist one mycologist wow. um and developing patterns and that developing extraction processes that are world firsts um to keep that purity and that product um and to i guess scale the benefits of these mushrooms to more people yeah and your your main product now and we've got one here on the on the table it's this extracted liquid extraction right mm. and and it's really the the, the it, it's all about the medicinal qualities isn't it so you you've did you know back when you started collecting coffee grinds and mm. growing mushrooms did you envisage that you would be going down this kind of fairly high-tech medicinal kind of at the forefront of like personal mental and physical performance did you think you'd go down that route the mushroom spiral just keeps going (laughs) and it's just like it never ceases to amaze you as to what areas they can be involved in and what they can do but when we first started you know self admittedly like for the first six months we're like we're just going to produce farms Mm. but then as we went deeper into our knowledge and reading and the science i guess the physio background gave me a great base to read scientific literature Mm. which are these articles that are in you know french scientific french that no one really reads and seeing that there's thousands of these articles on mushrooms in different areas and so we're just reading that and looking into it and and moving towards that i guess Mm. um so yeah the key was just i guess that we got started and then once we're on the journey then the journey just sort of we just kept following it yeah um where we felt intuitively the market was going to go what Mm. the world needed um and what we were passionate about yeah and it's funny it's quite fortuitous thing about that closed loop how you've come back to you know sports physiology in some ways like yeah, you've got athletes yeah. perform high performing yeah. athletes using yeah. your products a now. lot of U- u.s athletes as well like ufc fighters and pro surfers and nfl nhl mm. uh, winter sports snowboarders and things so this is a performance tool it's an evolutionary tool mushrooms mm. um to lift you know our potential in many areas in many ways yeah mm. so if we can if you can just explain a little bit more about um some of these some of these mushroom extracts that you offer and their benefits i mean right now yeah. you've got the lion's mane so the lion's mane, like for, from a research point of view, I think there's still going to be a heap more research invested into it. Um, we're only at the beginnings of, of mushroom biotechnology, but from uh, you know anecdotal point of view and research that's out there, the lion's mane helps promote NGF, which is nerve growth factor, and this helps remyelinate the nerve cells. So around your 
you know, just like we're talking about mycelium being an, a communication network, the nervous system is exactly that within our body, mm. within our brain. It's, you know, passing messages from place to place in a split second. You know, when you touch this cup, all of a sudden your brain says it's hot, it's cold, it's this weight, et cetera, and it calibrates to that. Mm. And so that's the conduction of messages within our brain. And so the nerve growth factor from the lion's mate helps ensure this conduction is smooth and fast and clean and clear what does that relate to? That relates to mental clarity, to focus, to memory mm. recall, to articulation, you know, because your brain's functioning at a high level. And so, you know, in certain populations, it's very popular for students, mm-hmm. for, for people who are, you know, in professional roles with project management or whatever it may be, high stress roles. A lot of people, um, even to the point as we're getting older with memory recall and memory articulation and where did I put my keys and those mm. kind of things. So, Lion's Mane is by far a, uh, a best selling, you know, mushroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will continue to be that way. And also because I guess people just want a, a faster, smarter, more efficient brain yes. um, because we've got so many distractions coming in and things so <laughs> yeah that's the lion's mane and we've had you know dave asprey mention it in superhuman um because it actually also increased it's one of his new york times best-selling books and he's a biohacker mm. just about how to optimize our body i guess because if we go back in time we'd look okay well fire was a tool that enabled us to get to this point meaning cooked food warmth shelter security safety yes and so all through history, there's been these tools that have allowed us to advance evolutionary. And so what are those tools going forward for us now? And I think obviously what we're consuming, you know, I mean, it's not a, a new thing, but Hippocrates with let food be thy medicine yes. and medicine be thy food is going back to that is as simple as I should have avocados, I should have macadamias, <laughs> I should have this and that. Um, and incorporating, you know, herbals and Chinese traditional medicine philosophies and and mushrooms in their culinary form and in their functional form is in, important to that. So, mm. lion's mane, uh, cordyceps from an energy point of view is amazing for increasing your ATP uptake and oxygenation of cells. Yep. So adenotriphosphate is the you know powerhouse of energy within the mitochondria within this human cell, mm. and so this helps to reproduce that reproduce it faster and increase the uptake of oxygen so like a wim hof if you like yes you oxygenate your cells you can have energy you feel clear um and you're removing the acidity from your body so yes i um i i a couple of years ago i trained and did a, an iron man and i went down the rabbit hole of you know training techniques and all that sort of stuff and cordyceps just kept popping up yeah for yep. all those kind of aerobic, long distance, long form aerobic athletes. Absolutely. It's yep. not a peak and trough, it's a smooth ride. Mm. Can swap it out for coffee, can add it to your coffee. Um, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a weekend warrior, whether you're, um, you know, a, a busy mother, father um, that has a lot of, you know, things that they're managing, um, it's a smoother energy ride than caffeine sometimes. That's, again, peak trough, drains mm. the adrenals. I take coffee very, you know, just strategically it's not a a thing i do of course enjoy the the flavor but it's more so a performance tool Mm. if used at the right time yep yeah wow and so you you talked about before um kind of traditional chinese medicine and hippocrates so you know these these mushrooms and and um and and traditional medicines traditional um foods in general we have been using for as humans we have been using for millennia right why is it that only the last what's your take on it It seems like the last few centuries we've become really disconnected from that traditional wisdom 
why has that happened <laughs> you know with so many rows to take we've probably taken one of the worst in terms of disconnecting ourselves from from nature and how things are grown and how the world works and um i think you have to in many ways you know pay tributes to capitalism because it's produced this technology that we're talking on right now and produced many things that mm. model but it's also also i guess commercialized things and created industrial complexes um within the food system mm. um to make things efficient and cheap and affordable but also that what that's done also is sacrificed um you know our health in many ways and yep. our connection to food and the environment in many ways. Yeah. And so, yeah, we need to sort of, re, you know, get back on track. And it's not a terrible thing. We can do that quite easily if we take action. Um, but that's really been, I think, what's happened is we've lost connection to traditional cultures mm. and history on how things were done. Yeah, I think it's been a, a blend of probably a ton of things. But the things for me that stand out are, as you say, the commercialization and commoditization of and, and corporate influence of capitalism that is has led to this kind of consolidation of control for the corporate interests which leads us away from a traditional natural mm. wisdom and also the uh the, you know colonization and the erosion of traditional um wisdom and backgrounds in yeah. different parts of the world yeah and it's funny that it seems like they're coming back to the fore now and it's largely led by by science it's like science is rediscovering what we already knew in some ways yeah our science can be it just you know it confirms what we anecdotally knew and felt or what you know many cultures knew and were doing for hundreds of years they were doing it because they were very in tune with the environment in tune with their own bodies so very similar to athletes you know when i worked with the athletes they were very in tune with their bodies and knew when things worked for them and when they didn't mm. um, because they needed to be I guess, and I guess I think we've lost that empowerment in ourselves to feel out what works for us and what doesn't mm. instead of just badging certain things like I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that or I'm going to follow that diet or this diet. Just yeah, follow these things but really listen to your own body. Yes. How does it affect your sleep? How does it affect your mood? How does it affect your energy? You know, How does it affect even things from your stools as a basic? Like Those kind of things are observational ways to see how your body is, is mm. um, being affected by whatever... It is the environment that you're in food-wise and, you know, if you're living in a city or if you're living in the country or whatever it may be. So being empowered ourselves, I think, is a, is a huge thing we need to go back to. And I think, you know, listen, well, I read a book, Dr. Weston Price in the 1930s, which is an, an amazing book about traditional um, culture and from all around the world where they, he looked at communities that were isolated from colonization mm. and weren't having flour weren't having weren't doing any of those things cont continuing a traditional diet versus those i guess that had been um impacted and had started to adopt a western way of living and so what he found i mean he was a dentist so he was going there from a dental point of view for dental arches mm. with jaw structures you know, for for those that were eating their traditional diet that they've eaten since day one um, there was no crowding of teeth there was no you know cavities there was no loss of teeth these people were dying and he would look at the skulls when they you know after a 60 70 80 year old person their skulls were the teeth were straight the teeth were full nothing lost um mm. jaw structures were a lot stronger and bigger and broader yeah um so that was you know his take on traveling all around the world looking at all cultures that was one of his takes but um there's a lot to learn there and i guess yeah it's 
we need to go back to that we yeah. need to reconnect to that in a real way yeah it, it was really I, I i totally agree with you when you say we we seem to um it's almost like outsource our decision making a lot to, to what uh, what what this dietitian says or this you know this i don't know insert authority figure here says um and and it's a fine line to balance because exactly right things like capitalism things like science have given us so many great gifts and 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 wonders of the world but at the same time we've overstepped the mark on a lot of them and we've outsourced our own intuition and our own decision making into what feels right and what's Mm -hmm. that traditional wisdom that we've 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 generated over thousands of years as humanity and society which is we keep outsourcing that as well to ai and the different things so we keep outsourcing um, our ability to think critically even to the point of having conversations now and having challenging conversations or good conversations which really test our mind um and i guess it probably does all go back to that distraction and so many things on and that we need to simplify our lives and that's why i guess i like living um you know not in a city um and i haven't lived in a city for some time because it can be very distracting there you can get caught up doing so many things but really doing nothing Mm. so having that (laughs) silence um to think and create and cultivate your own mindset and understand on a deeper overview level or what you want to do with your time while you're here on this planet. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, I guess you've noticed, you noticed the mushroom trend early. You know, you, you talked about having a sense of what was going on in maybe pockets of uh, progressive parts of America and other parts of the world, which is part of your influence to starting the business. What's, what other future trends do you see? What's next both within the, I guess the mushroom fungi space, but then also other things in and around this kind of space as well. What else mm, do you see? Mm. I think, uh, I mean, because there's so many ideas that have been around forever, you know, electrical cars and, you know, mm. free energy. And yep. So many things that have been around for a long time, but they haven't been actioned or executed for whatever reason. And so I guess it's, you know, for me, it's like a wish list of what do you want to see in the world? Mm. What excites you? How do you want the world to look? Um, and so what are we working on personally? We're working deeply in, you know, I guess the nanotech levels and nanotechnology and um, which is, you know, one one hundredth of a, of a cell in terms of its size. And so how do we um, get the most out of these mushrooms, make them very bioavailable and how can we use the power of these mushrooms in an array of different areas? So in the U.S., working in a number of medical areas um, from you know dementia to multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. to PTSD to depression, all of these areas, I think mm. you'll see a new wave of pharmacology. Yep. And that new wave of pharmacology will be with fungi yep. and mushrooms. I mean, we've And we've used fungi for ages yeah. in the medical system. Right? And pharmacology should just be with an F, not a PH. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and so for anyone that thinks this sounds wacky and weird and wonderful, penicillin came from Exactly, fungi, right? penicillin Very came cool. from fungi, cyclosporin, which is a main immunosuppressant. So there's a lot of fungi that's already been used to medicate ourselves. So yep. research into that space um, is where we're spending time and interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I think, you know, just like normalizing mushrooms, normalizing the ability to understand where your food comes from, I think, is important. So going back to that mindset, mm. getting people asking questions and being intuitive is, I guess, a huge part of our, our yeah. passion. It's, you know, we're not here to advise this or that or anything. On We're, we're mushroom growers here and we provide a product that can be added to coffee, tea, water. 
um, try these things out and see how they go for you. But beyond that also, for me, ask questions around where was it growing, how was it growing, transparency, Mm. making companies accountable. And I think where's the future going? The best companies will be the ones that are the most transparent. And by best, I mean... Know, leading and, and having you know great reviews and a great brand alliance mm-hmm. um, having a real story not greenwashing in terms of what they do and then those companies will become the nucleus of what it means to be successful in today's age and those individuals not you know on Forbes who are you know I have X amount of dollars it's I planted one billion trees like that person mm-hmm. I want to get up and applaud totally yeah <laughs> absolutely Re- reimagining wealth you know, reimagining wealth, wealth reimagining um, our connection to nature and how we use biotechnology to do that because at the same time the other race that's going on is the tech race you know the tech race around um, Alexa in your home yes. and AI and um, cameras everywhere and all of this technology that is useful in many ways and also detrimental to our connection to nature yep so we've got to balance that and so it's funny there's yeah. another there's another parallel there for me with the with, with mushrooms and i guess how we interact with society the first parallel being what we talked about before and the connectedness um but the other is is uh or the connectedness to each other the mushrooms are connected and form part of that that natural cycle and, and us as humans have become disconnected but there's another parallel there with um yeah returning to nature Mm. and there's something about mushrooms particularly when you have a grow bag on your kitchen bench and you cut it and you spray it and you see those mushrooms grow within days and you can see where it comes from and see how it grows and see how it decays and it gives you that connection that 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 awareness back to our natural systems which as you say we're starting to veer away from all of that and into a digitalized world and i think there's going to be a counterculture movement back to a less digitalized more natural world yeah, and so how do we, from a, a business commercial point of view, help influence that in a positive way? Mm. Um, and I think, you know, today business is the best form of activism for a positive future um, because once, and business can be seen as creating public utilities for, you know, in terms of, you know, Uber or Airbnb, these are, these are utilities in a way that allow different experiences Mm. both good and bad in many depending on who you're speaking to and their opinion and their experience with it Mm -hmm. but the power of these uh companies is just as powerful if not more powerful than government in terms of improving the quality of our life Mm. so that's sort of the mindset we should have is how do we improve the life for one billion people yeah what do one people want need that's in harmony with the planet and that's where we should start when we come to business ideas and our decision on how we operate our businesses yeah that would be great if everyone started from that point well it starts from the consumer being you me everyone who's listening who everyone who's a consumer i'm not going to buy this product because of this reason yeah you know even if it's 50 cents cheaper or whatever it is it's not actually cheaper because what you're supporting there is a whole raft of things from totally child labor to uh, overseas manufacturing to whatever it may be yes there's so many layers underneath that even it, the green energy movement is a fascinating one with batteries and you know the actual real cost of batteries on the planet you know mm. so there's so many layers there and it's, yep. it is difficult for the modern consumer to make all of these on every product in their pantry or in their fridge um but supporting those brands and businesses is the fastest way for any CEO of a Fortune 500 company to say, okay, we need to remove plastic from our supply chain. Yes, totally. And anything that's cheap 
and quick and affordable is generally exploiting someone or something along the supply chain. Yeah. And and I guess the other the other thing that I think of when I um, when I think about future focus and what's next, um, particularly with the role of mushrooms and fungi, is with a lot of uh, mental mental health and even therapy and treatment. You know, we've just seen. I'm pretty sure Oregon has just legalized um, uh, psychoactive, yeah. psychedelic mushrooms for treatment purposes. So, are you gonna, do you think we're going to see that proliferate? And what are the what are the potential impacts um, or, or opportunities that mushrooms can play in the psychedelic renaissance? Yes. Um, is happening. <laughs> you know, because it was in the 60s and 70s with the hippie movement and the uh, the anti wars and all of these things that you know um, these products sort of got um, away, or these products these you know, tools, medicines that are used historically, shamanistically for hundreds and thousands of years in so many different history books from Greece to the Mayans to Egyptians to, you know, parts of South America where ayahuasca is very normal. Mm. Um, so there's a group called Compass who just listed on the NASDAQ for $1 billion. Wow. And their growth now is $1.3 billion, And their specialty is in... Ketamine therapy, ayahuasca therapy, MDMA therapy, um, psilocybin, which is the magic mushroom. Mm-hmm. So this is all happening in the US. Um, it's happening right now. And so this is a way to, I guess, transform the medical industry in a way. You know, just not transform, but evolve it. Yeah. Throughout science, we think we're doing the best we can at that point in time. And then 10 years later, you say, that. why did we yeah. open heart what surgery we like thinking? that? Yeah. That's crazy. So, th- so it's normal. Yeah. yeah, and so this is the normal path because we're seeing depression, suicide, all of these things yeah. at record rates, and there's no treatment that's really working that well at yeah. the moment. So the doctors and the medical um, teams and the hospitals need better tools. Yeah, you know, and, and they are seeing it. results with these with a lot of these therapies, right? Yeah. Like some of the again, it comes back to funnily enough, science is rediscovering. Yeah, um, because some some of the some of the stories and some of the results that you're hearing with people that have had PTSD or you know mental trauma for decades, and they have a, a, sh- a very short amount of some of these therapies, and they're yeah. almost cured. Yeah, and all these therapies are you know pretty natural in their basis of ingredient. Mm. It's not too synthetic. It's not numbers and this and things you don't even know what they are concocted up in a lab. They're natural ingredients from Mother Earth, from the planet mm. um, that we're going back to. So that's an exciting area um, that's very, I guess, segmented to disease populations, to people who are, you know, in a lot of trouble. Mm. Um, but as we know, shamanistically and through history, these same tools, ingredients have been used, you know, for many different populations. So that's happening. And I guess that's where the capital and the capital markets and, you know, those things help to be honest, push those things forward to scale mm. so people can actually have it. You know, someone in um, a random suburb in Australia can go to their local GP and get these tools that were once only available in South America or whatever and not understood maybe well enough from a side effect point of view. So that's yep. promising. Um, that always needs to be, I guess, battled with the way capitalism can go. And just like with THC and CBD in America, what you see is, you know, a lot of. Uh, investment bankers getting into that space to make some money mm. um, and but is there pure intention to help humanity and help people with epilepsy or with whatever it is that you know these tools can help with um, that's the interesting part and yeah. that's what we see at the coalface with mushrooms and things is that 
you know, people now because it's a hot thing, um, people want to get into that hot thing and make some money from a capital point of view. Mm. And that's always the wrong intention. So that's just something to be wary of, I guess, and to be balanced with. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> with human nature's um, obsession for material possession and greed, <laughs> which goes against mushrooms in every way. Totally. <laughs> yes. So that's a, that's an interesting one. It all it all comes back to mushrooms. <laughs> you, can, you can relate everything back to mushrooms. They can teach us many things. They are teachers. They are teachers. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Um, mushroom. That, in in everything that I've heard from you today, looking through the lens of mushrooms that you do with the path that you've chosen with your career, they have become more than anything. I think a teacher to to you and a lot of other advocates and now your customers in this growing movement. I think that's a beautiful beautiful place to put it. Um, I guess if I were to ask you one last question, yep. it would be what advice would you give to someone who I guess is just the kind of typical stereotype, like they, maybe they, they go and buy some Swiss browns and some button <laughs> mushrooms at, yep. at Woolies or Coles and that's kind of their experience um, and they're really interested maybe in this conversation. What advice would you give to kind of next steps or what they can do to kind of explore this world or, or, or any, any tips or sure, I pathways? Think- I mean, I think entering into the area of functional mushrooms um, is a great thing to do and a great investment for your health without being this sales guy. You know, Mm. I just um, genuinely believe that um, everyone can be benefiting from these mushrooms in some way once they find out what works for them and how best works and Mm. operates and fits into their daily life. And so going down that that journey is going and connecting back to nature, just like we had our mushroom boxes, which helped do that. I guess the, the liquid extracts help uh, people connect back to things that are naturally made, Australian made, um, that can improve many areas of their life. Mm. And so that's a starting point. And then once you start to do that, what happens funnily enough also is you start to notice mushrooms more in nature and this mushroom thing starts to pop up everywhere. Yes. And then you're going to read about it and you're going to have packaging from it and you're going to have mushroom leather. And so there is this, just like the hemp revolution in a way that you know we're still sort of waiting on in a way but is still making a groundswell from clothing to hempcrete to building material yep between hemp and mushrooms uh the world can be transformed back to a more harmonious way with um the planet Mm. but also from our individual health we can reach our highest potential by incorporating them into our daily um habits yep so i think giving them a try um there's no turning back once you do that yep beautiful I think that I think that might be a beautiful place to leave it. That was great. That was good fun. Um, Julian, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. It was always a it's always a wonderful conversation whenever we catch up, and to now actually take the time to sit down and have this deep dive, um, that was awesome. So thanks, heaps. Thank you. Yeah, ask some questions. That was were good for me to be recalibrating <laughs> because you can get stuck in the micro. It's good to go back to the overview. Totally. Yes. And and as you said mushrooms are a great teacher and a great uh, parallel to bring us back into that that realm of thinking so awesome awesome man thank you so much that was great